You're now listening to the Happiness Project podcast that has touched more than 80,000 lives and has evolved in more than 100 plus countries and is available on 10 plus platforms. Please do subscribe to the Happiness Project podcast by Rena Jain so you never miss out on a single episode on the show. Episodes release every Fridays. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher or any other platform that you're listening this podcast on because your support will go a long long way. Hi. My name is Rena Jain. I'm a psychologist, wellness coach and a podcaster. You're now listening to the Happiness Project podcast. A podcast that will help you look at things differently and push you to have a better experience of life. My wish for you is that you find peace in this moment. That you do things that really lights up your soul and sets it up on fire. That you keep pushing yourself to be a better person with a grateful and compassionate heart that you put yourself out there because life is too short to be living for anybody else but you i really wish you bloom with grace because trust me you are one intention away from an entirely different life Thank you so much for tuning into the episode today. I really hope you guys are doing well, keeping safe and just hope the restrictions around COVID have eased a little bit across the world. The theme for this month revolves around LGBTQ+. And I am so so glad to be able to contribute even in the tiniest way possible to the community. So the first thing that I want to touch base upon right now is the terms that we use very loosely in our day-to-day life. And we use it in a very negative light as if there's something wrong with being gay. Things like you're so gay or that's so queer or we go around saying be a man. Well, these are microaggressions that we use very subtly, unintentionally. and subconsciously which makes it very unsafe for people to be themselves around us so what does lgbtq+ stand for it stands for lesbian gay bisexual transgender and queer people honestly speaking this community is experiencing a lot of intolerance discrimination harassment and the threat of violence due to their sexual orientation than those that identify themselves as heterosexual this is due to homophobia the fear of hatred of homosexuality some of the factors that may reinforce homophobia on a larger scale are moral religious and political beliefs of a dominant group in some countries homosexuality is illegal and punishable by fines imprisonment life imprisonment and even the death penalty Although many societies have made significant strides in human rights advocacy, 
LGBT rights struggle to find universal acceptance. Well, June is Pride Month, when the world's LGBT communities come together and celebrate their freedom to be themselves. Pride gatherings are rooted in the artist history of minority groups who have struggled for decades to overcome prejudice and be accepted for who they are. The LGBTQ plus acronym serves an important purpose. Not only is it designed to be more inclusive, but it also represents the self-identities of people who are transgender or similar gender attracted. Well, one of the themes that is very relevant while discussing about this topic is inclusivity. The use of the acronym is intended to be an all-encompassing way to recognize different gender identities and sexual orientations. The addition of other identities to the LGBT acronym also plays an important role in recognizing and connecting them to a larger community. It also means that these individuals are able to gain greater recognition by society as a whole. Rather than being erased, ignored or denied, acknowledgement can help foster greater visibility for marginalized identities. Another theme that is also very relevant is visibility. Visibility can also help create a greater sense of self-affirmation of a person's identity. Research has found that offering inclusive and affirmative environments is important for LGBTQ communities. Research also suggests that despite safety concerns, being visible as a member of the LGBTQ community can be an important way to feel a sense of pride in individual identity. Affirming self-identity can help people feel greater self-esteem, self-worth, and boost overall mental well-being. This can be particularly important since representation has long been lacking in mainstream media. The good news is that there have been improvements made in recent years to change this. A recent report suggests that representation of LGBTQ characters and relationships on television is higher than ever previously seen on TV. This includes greater diversity and visibility of non-binary identities. Also, this community as a whole is prone to an increased risk of a range of mental health and social issues, often due to isolation, marginalization and discrimination based on their orientation or identity. Fostering inclusivity and acceptance may be one way to help combat some of these issues. Well, it becomes extremely important for me to bring about inclusivity, visibility and diversity through my podcast. I'm going to be in conversation with some wonderful people from the LGBTQ community from across the world in the upcoming weeks. I'm very, very excited to have Mathias on the Happiness Project today. Mathias is a psychologist, pharmacy technician and content creator engaged in LGBTQIA advocacy. He resides in Gothenburg, Sweden and is the host of the American-Swedish podcast Queer as Pop, where different guests and topics are discussed surrounding the LGBTQIA community. Well, for those who don't know, the Stonewall riots in the US was a very important event for the progress of the LGBTQ community, and it gave a push to people to come out and accept their uniqueness. 
In this episode, Matthias and I talk about his journey of being a part of the community and on top of that being a psychologist that gives him a broader perspective to look at concerns from a very empathetic touch. He discusses about his daily life struggles and psychological processes that the LGBTQ plus community has to go through. He also educates us on some basic concepts like sex and gender and emphasizes on the abbreviation of LGBTQIA+, which many of us tend to get it wrong. He talks about how there's a high level of violence against transgender individuals as they belong to the bottom of the hierarchy and the suicide rates have extensively increased in the community. One of the things that he also talks about is how to approach individuals that operate outside of the binary spectrum and of course how we as a society are depriving LGBTQ people of their human rights on grounds of religion, culture, tradition and our own personal beliefs. Well, let's dive deeper into the episode and without taking another moment, welcome Matthias aka Maddie who will give us an expert opinion on some extremely relevant issues at hand. Hey Matthias, how are you? Hi Rina, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for your time and taking this interview as an opportunity to discuss with your team members in the community for us and it becomes all the more important for us to discuss these significant issues at hand so thank you for doing that yeah thank you for having me for doing this uh, for the community and during pride month i am really happy that got someone who is so engaged in, in these topics as well so i thank you for showing interest in, the, in these topics well it's a pleasure well, before you know, we dive deeper into this topic of discussion, I would love for you to take me and my listeners through your journey of being a part yeah. of the community and more importantly, being a psychologist, I think, which in itself gives you a broader perspective uh, to look at concerns from a very empathetic touch. So tell us all about yeah. it. Yeah, so, well, when it comes to my specific journey, like you said, I'm a psychologist, and I'm also a pharmaceutical technician, and I... Uh, have engaged in recent years in uh, content creation, and I have my own podcast called Queer as Pop, where we um, dwell into different kinds of queer topics uh, on an educational level and have different people and different uh, perspectives on the show who can uh, give us a broader understanding of the LGBTQA plus community. Uh, my own journey started when I was like, like most people and like most queer people, every journey is very unique uh, and every story is very unique. So that's something that's important to have at hand when you have these conversations that not, not a single journey is exactly the same. Uh, so, so living in Sweden, I've had the benefit of living in a, a society, society that is actually very beneficial for someone who is LGBTQ mm-hmm. uh, because... Uh, in, in Sweden, being LGBTQ is usually not a problem. Uh, so I would say that I came out when I was around 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm bisexual uh, and uh, generally did not have any, any issues in regards to that. Uh, but I saw a lot of my friends from all over the world uh, struggling and uh, going through different kinds of traumas and uh, 
And like you said, being a psychologist, it made me uh, on an empathetic level understand more of what these processes were and what they were going through. And so that's why I've also engaged in LGBTQIA plus advocacy the later years because I've seen parts of the community suffering a lot. Absolutely. And I think uh, this is what I've been discovering myself after having conversations with people like you from across the world. And like you said, every journey is very different. It's very unique. Yeah. And um, I remember the last time I spoke to you, you spoke about hierarchies in this uh, entire uh, community. I would yeah. love for you to also discuss about the daily life struggles uh, that the community has to go through even on a psychological yeah. level for that matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what, uh, so what happens when you live with shame and uh, fear? So if we look at the word pride as a mathematical formula, pride is essentially uh, trauma plus survival. Mm-hmm. We could call it that. So what, what you go through uh, throughout your years as a queer individual is usually that you have uh, you have this trauma inside of you of not being able to, it's a form of suppression, not being able to express yourself, not being able to be the person you were supposed to be in, in this life. And it takes away a part that is very essential to, your, to the human mind to function properly. So it, it's something that's understood by some people. And this is not just when it comes in terms of sexuality, but any form of oppression. Uh, if we are degraded uh, or oppressed uh, when it comes to any aspect of our individuality, we start to suffer. We start to develop traumas. We start to develop guilt, right? So when you, when you reach adulthood and uh, gain some form of agency and independence, these aspects start to get eliminated. But growing up, you've already lost a big part of who you are already, through these traumas and, and guilt, that you essentially have to rebuild your whole existence at, in your adult years. And this causes a lot of problems. This, uh, uh, we have a lot of issues with, um, with suicide rates in regards to LGBTQIA plus community. You have, uh, there's depression involved, anxiety disorders, uh, personality disorders. There are things that de- develop in an adult age that are, not necessarily easy to um, to heal, mm-hmm. and um, it causes damage to these individuals' relationships to other human beings as well. Uh, so it, it's it's about a broader understanding of the fact that you are essentially stripped of uh, vital parts of your existence from a very early age, mm-hmm. and uh, even today you can live in a very progressive society. There's still guilt and shame involved. There's oh. still the fear of not being being part of society and not being able to be your full authentic self without there being judgment. Of course, I think that is a very big part of who we are in the society, right? And uh, we yeah. all as humans looking for validation and acceptance and and uh, I'm sure it's even more difficult for the minority groups who are not able to be themselves when they are around people, right? And this is yeah. what the LGBTQ plus community is facing. And it's it's prevalent across the world. It's not just how much ever that we say that the world is progressing, there's still limitations yeah. to it, right? Um, before we move on further, I would love for you to just highlight 
as to what exactly does this abbreviation LGBTQ plus mean? Because there are a lot of things mm-hmm. that people know and they may know it very differently. So I would love for you to clarify that for my listeners. Yeah, so, so the, the definition, the abbreviation uh, has changed over time to try to include more, more, uh, more individuals with different unique aspects. So uh, LGBTQ is a terminology that is most, most commonly used, which involves uh, lesbians, gay, bisexual, trans individuals, and queer or questioning. And then you've had, uh, what's been added throughout the years is the I and the A and the plus, and sometimes the two plus. Uh, which indicates two-spirited, which is a reference to Native American culture about uh, masculinity and femininity and these aspects of us existing within us. Uh, And uh, so this this has been an extension. There's not really anything wrong with saying LGBTQ or LGBTQ+. It's just an abbreviation to define that these are this is an umbrella term for for individuals uh, that are um, aligned with identity and sexuality and gender, uh, and uh, in recent years we've had the the flag change over time as well. We've seen the trans flag being implemented into the the rainbow flag, and we've seen the Black Lives Matter movement as well being in- implemented with with their colors. So it's starting to evolve into basically a human rights movement when it comes to centralized around identity, gender, and sexuality. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank, thank you for clarifying that. Um, you know, one of the things that I also uh, am trying to understand now is that there, there are categories, there are hierarchies in this community as well. And depending on what hierarchy are you in, oh, you know, there's a lot of issues that you go through. So violence against transgender individuals and suicide rates are very, very high. So what do yeah. you want to say about that? Well, uh, so there are struggles within the community as well. Like it, like any community, there's there's different aspects that we need to work on. And mm-hmm. in terms of suicide rate, rates, that is something that is generally, uh, that is something that's generalized within mm-hmm. any community. Trans individuals struggle a lot with, uh, with mental illness because of the suppression and and hatred directed towards them. And you see this in, in the US, you see this in Europe, you see this in Asia. Uh, and even within the community, there are in essence uh, residue of these perspectives or these uh, these issues by the fact that you, you don't really have spaces for trans individuals in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, like I've told you before, when we had these discussions, there is, there is alignment of there is an alignment that exists within these communities that is that is prevalent in any community, which is patriarchy. Um, and you see this by white gay men, cis white gay men, which is cis indicates that individuals that are born born there and identify with their specific gender um, at the top. And you have trans individuals and people of color in the bottom and specifically trans women. Um, so that is something to, to be aware of, even within the community, that this struggle exists and that this is something that needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. So as a community, as an advocate of uh, mental health and, of course, LGBTQ plus community, what is it that you are trying to do to, uh, you know, prevent suicide? What are the things that you're doing for the community? Yeah. So in essence, this is one of the things that I can't possibly, possibly do 
as an individual, it is to inform the community. Uh, it is about making the community more aware of the criteria and struggles that that trans individuals go through. And one thing that's very important to notice as well is that uh, the term ally is thrown very freely around. And uh, what's important to know and that I've started to learn as someone from the outside is that the term ally is something you earn. It's not something you can call yourself. It is something you earn by, by, by that specific community. Um, so when it comes to being a good ally in general for the community, it's about not just about sending money to fundraisers. It's about how you how do you include trans individuals in your in your community? How do you how do you humanize them? Do you have friends that are trans? Do you engage them in different aspects of life? Do you engage them in your workplace? That's what it means to be an ally. It's about uh, humanizing and making them seen and heard and doing that on an active level in your private life as well. So that is something that's a very important discussion to have when we talk about these issues. Absolutely. And uh, I think on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, I mean, it's all easier said than done, but being on the outside, I think not many of us are actually doing enough for the community. And uh, inclusion becomes a very, very important part of a mentally stable community, especially the LGBTQ yeah. We don't have a lot of clarity around, uh, you know, the concept of uh, sex and gender. So can you explain yeah. the difference between the two? Yeah, so, uh, so sex in term is what we can easily, if we can easily construct this uh, as easily as possible, is, is that you are, you have a biological sex, for instance, uh, that you're born with, and then you have uh, have a gender and gender identity. So it's uh, about the understanding of the distinction between uh, between the uh, biological term and the identity. And one thing that's important as well when it comes to these terms is to be able to understand that, uh, that self-identification is something that's very important, very vital for every human being. It is a human right uh, to look at these, uh, these aspects. And uh, that is something that a lot of people don't understand yet today. And that is something that can be hard and people struggle with it. And people struggle with different kinds of pronouns. Um, and that is something that also needs to be discussed because you can have, for instance, people who are trans individuals, but they also identify as non-binary. So mm -hmm. the term non-binary or non-conforming means basically that they are operating outside of the gender binary spectrum. So the binaries, yeah, so the binaries are male and female. Mm -hmm. uh, pe people who are outside of this spectrum identify as non-binary. Uh, and trans individuals can do that. And what you, what you usually get from trans individuals who identify as non-binary as well is that they, they have a, in essence, they are clarifying that their uh, inner existence are identifying as either male or female and then they have a different gender expression, which how they, which is how it is the out, outside basically the facade, which varies uh, depending on different context, contexts in life. So there is some a discussion that usually doesn't come up, and that has been a hard for people outside of the community to understand. But that is how how it generally manifests. Right. So how can we approach individuals that operate outside of the binary spectrum? Yeah, so this is something that people 
get really nervous about because you don't want to offend someone. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to do that is to uh, use terms as they, them, if you're not fully aware of someone's uh, identity. And one way to do this as well is to just ask, to inform yourself. And it, it's not much stranger than uh, just being respectful and a genuine human being, just, just to ask if you don't know. Because the way people present themselves doesn't necessarily have to be aligned with their gender or gender, gender identity. So that, that is something that is really important to have in mind, that um, to be in general humble and just approach these things with, with the aspect of knowing that self-identification is, is a human right. It is something that we must allow every human being to have the right to do. Yes, yes, I definitely agree with you. And in fact, um, if there's something that I am learning and advocating is that it's it's extremely important for each one of us to kind of assess our own personal beliefs because we were not born with prejudice, right? So it's yeah, important yeah. to ask ourselves as to where is it coming from? Often uh, yeah, yeah. we learn stereotypes and prejudices without even realizing it. And some of these messages may have been about ourselves and what we are supposed to do or not supposed to do. So uh, it's, it's extremely important for us to understand the messages we receive so we can help yeah. identify our own beliefs and biases that we can then challenge. And, and that will become very, very important, you know, if we have to converse with the non-binary group as well. Exactly. So just in basic, like to understand that sex refers to a person's assigned sex at birth. So mm-hmm. you look at the physical autonomy, you look at the chromosomes. Mm-hmm. Gender is too typically used as a reference for roles, appearances, interests, and one's like psychological uh, sense of themselves or as a gendered being. So mm-hmm. just to have those things in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for that as well. Um, you yeah. know, we also use these terms very loosely, like, you know, that that's so gay or that's such, that's so mm-hmm. queer. So even though people don't mean anything by it, it does sound very negative as if, it, as if there's something yeah. wrong with being gay. Yeah. Why? So why are expressions like that, you know, very uncomfortable and, uh, you know, it looks like we are literally attacking that community if people don't really mean anything by it. Yeah. So... The reason these ter- terminologies are are bad is because they have a negative. Uh, they're us- usually used in a negative context, and you can think of yourself the fact that when we look at the shame, for instance, in in the community and what we put out in society in general, words words have meaning. And if a child hears this expression for someone for, from an adult and start uh, start using it in school, for instance, towards a kid. It, it has it suppresses them it, it what if this kid is gay for instance and they get to hear it in a negative negative aspect and in a negative term so i think it's important to get those things away uh from uh from a general general vocabulary because it's not going to benefit mm-hmm. it's very destructive and has a long-term consequence for especially if you look at children and how they interact because they will inherently learn that okay, being gay and the word gay mm. defines something negative. So that's why it's very important to get that off. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think it's extremely important for us to be very mindful of our language that we use on a regular basis because uh, 
you know, it all kind of starts at home. It starts where we are building a foundation for our children. And, you know, very small things like, for example, you know, referring to people in general, while we can, you know, try to use words like partner rather than boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. I think these are very yeah. small things that we could do and, you know, teach our children. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, again, one of the things that I have been meaning to ask you for a while, um, you've been in the community for such a long time and you know what the internal struggles of the community are. So can you highlight some greatest struggle that people are facing across the world, especially in within the community? Yeah. So I, I would think the greatest uh, struggle that people are facing right now is the what we've seen in the world is the rise of um, conservative power or uh, right-wing power. Uh, and we see this happen in Europe, we see this happen in the United States uh, that ha have basically utilized their, uh, their political power to suppress uh, the LGBTQIA plus community. And it's prevalent, if, if you talk about Europe, for instance, it's prevalent in countries like Poland, like Hungary, like Russia, uh, commonly known for being extremely homophobic and uh, and uh, creating LGBTQ free zones in society and things like that. That there, there's a there's a struggle where we're almost starting to go back in time in certain aspects of the community. And and primarily, if you look at the community as a whole, the greatest struggle uh, right now is like we talked about before the struggles for the trans community. Those are the have been mostly the primary threat within the community is how trans individuals have been treated in general. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's just to be aware that, that we need to be conscious about how the world is evolving and the fact that we don't always, progress happens and progress goes forward, but progress is very slow. And the moment we, stopped, we stop looking at these things, we will get a backlash and progress will be suppressed. So it's about being aware that the fight is not over, it's far from over. And, mm -hmm. and it's something that we always have to keep in mind when it comes to any form of, um, any form of abuse or suppression or uh, any threats towards community, different kinds of communities, races, all of these aspects requires people to be conscious because there's always individuals and there's all, always power structures that will try to oppress the community. Totally. But how many people do you really think are taking the initiative to kind of uh, be conscious of their own actions? I, I, I would say it depends on what part of the world you live in. Um, I know that there was recently uh, in media an, an uprising regarding a an Iranian boy that was killed uh, for being gay yeah. or stoned by his family. Um, and these conversations are starting to happen even in countries that where, where uh, gay individuals or queer individuals are usually suppressed. And I think that we will see, we will see a change grow because of social media, because people are starting to get more conscious. There are, you have more and more individuals that are from the LGBTQIA plus community that are more prevalent in, in organizations, in institutions, in, and, I, and I think that's gonna change people's mind, minds in general too, because it's a, it's a part of the humanization process, see, seeing that these, these individuals function and have the same 
have the same needs as any other human being, which is to be seen and to be loved. True. Very true. Very true. I think uh, we all, like I mentioned earlier, we are, we are all wanting to be accepted, to be loved. And uh, I think as a society, all that we can do is just, you know, make them comfortable around us. That's, I think yeah. that's the most important. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, you know, you know, when you mentioned about the human rights issues, so can depriving LGBT people of their human rights be justified on grounds of religion, culture, tradition, or politics, whatever? Yeah. In essence, no. If you go by human rights laws, that is something that it cannot technically be tolerated because we have to look at every individual. If we are going to value every individual on this earth for, for being who they are, they should have the agency to exist in any space and in any form that they, they, they want to. And it's also about understanding the fact that being gay or bisexual or trans or, or whatever isn't a choice. It is a part of your existence um, because that is usually an argument that this, these aspects of an individual can somehow be removed. And that is the argument that is used usually by uh, religious groups, uh, prolonged cultural suppression. And we, we know for a fact on a intellectual level, on a scientific level, exactly what it means to be LGBTQ. So uh, it would be like, it would, it would be basically the same thing as someone would oppress a, someone who is black or a woman, we see we see these things exist today as well, still prevalent to this day, uh, where culture or religion is utilized in politics to suppress different kinds of groups, right? So it's it's the same thing. It falls under the same banner in essence. So it's it's about understanding and knowing that the individual has the right and the agency from birth to be and become who they are, and it's not a choice. That is the most vital part when we talk about human rights is that the very existence of a human being and different aspects of their being are not choices. They are, they, it's something that they are established with from birth. Yes, I think this is a very big misconception that a lot of people have that, you know, we can change them or, you know, and that and I think the idea of changing their sexual orientation is so so huge because people are not able to accept them the way they are and it's I'm, I'm so glad that you clarified this that it's not a choice you know it's just not a choice and yeah. um, it's important for people to know yeah. yeah um now i am on the outside too so um how how can i how can people like me be an ally to the community how how can we support them by you know doing simple things like preventing the stigma so what are the things that we could do it's essentially what i talked about before as well it's about uh, engaging engaging in with people who are lgbtq in your daily lives it's about educating yourself uh, as well and there are sources uh, tons of sources online if there's something you're curious about or don't really understand Try to educate yourself. Try to find out more information. Try to get an understanding. It's it's what makes us human beings curious. It it, it comes naturally. 
So it's important to do that and find reliable sources within the LGBTQ community to understand and to get to know more about it. And the most important part in general is to engage with LGBTQ individuals outside um, in your own life, um, getting to know people who are LGBTQ, getting engaging in community activities and just being a part of it all. Um, it helps a lot because even me as someone who's, who is bi, I can easily hide that aspect of myself. No one needs to know it. But if we talk, for instance, about trans individuals, the second you go to the doctor, you will be exposed. You will, um, you, you will not be able to hide that aspect of yourself. And that is, um, that is also to understand that we operate within the community with different criteria and different struggles. So just having people uh, around you who are LGBTQ and consciously engaging with individuals that are LGBTQ just to make, get an understanding of how the community operates, that this is essential. Essentially, uh, anyone in your life could be gay or trans or whatever, and that they're still the same, they're still human beings, right? So it's about just engagement in your private life. That's the most important part. Well, yes. Yes, I think it's important that we consciously make that choice by including them by involving them uh, in our engagement so that's that's very very true um as as a bi as somebody who is a bisexual so have have you had any supportive uh, experiences where you you know you've come out to your family your friends and you know they've been they've been supportive would you would you want to share some of that yeah i mean my my struggle wasn't that hard uh, in in essence, I came out and everyone had an understanding of it. And the only one who struggled with it was my father, because my father, uh, my father is Serbian. So he has, he comes from a culturally conservative uh, part of Europe. And that was a struggle for him, but he came around after two years and uh, it's not a problem anymore. But of course, uh, I've had my own struggles and there is something that's prevalent in the LGBTQ community that's called bi erasure which means basically that if you're bi, you are often uh, defined by which kind of relationship you're in. If you're with a man or if you're with a woman. So if you're with a woman, you're straight. If you're with, um, with a man, you're gay. So it, it's something that's been the struggle for specifically for the, for the bi communities that is the erasure of, our, of the existence of being bi, um, which has been a very uh, prominent thing to discuss in, in later years. So um that that's the only struggle is that uh you know there's not much validity for for bisexuals in in a way because we operate in in both sides of uh of society you could say because i can have the benefits of a straight white man and i can also be part of the lgbtq community having a relationship with another man so it's it's something that is um discussed a lot about bi erasure and how people even within the community engage with with people that are bisexual so that's been the biggest struggle is that you uh, maybe basically that my sexuality is eliminated even within the community as valid um so yeah mm-hmm. of course and you know uh, i would have never known this you know up until you actually share this with me because 
like yeah. earlier, I think that's that's kind of stuck with me that you know even when there are hierarchies and people are treated yeah. differently based on what level are you on and and it just it's a very clear example of uh, you know of categories that we live in now um yeah. this stonewall uh, uh, riots in the US were i mean i i remember you know reading about it and i just yeah. want to understand it from you whether why was it such an important event for the progress of the lgbtq plus community yeah so the stonewall riots that happened in the us 1969 wasn't necessarily a um it wasn't necessarily a, a life changing thing for lgbtq individuals back then but what what happened was that uh it 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 gave birth to an uprising and a new generation of individuals that would engage in uh, advocacy mm-hmm. and it may it united the community you could say in a way and it was a defining point where the community started to come together to fight for him, for their rights so that was the most important thing and and one thing that's rarely discussed but is more uh, relevant right now is that the people who actually fought for for lgbtq rights were were trans individuals it was trans women people of color those were actually the the most prominent fighters back then and you have people like marsha p johns uh, johnson who who was a who was a, a black drag queen uh, now afterwards have been referenced as gender nonconforming or uh, or non-binary um she never said she or he never identified that as that back then but it's something that have been discussed later on and it, it, it's these individuals that needs to be highlighted as well i remember there was a movie it was a huge controversy because it was a movie released a few years ago called stonewall but that movie only uh showed the aspect of a storyline of, of a white gay man and that was something that was really disturbing because it was a almost a rewriting of history the way that movie unfolded so that is something that that is very that we in the within the community at least are very conscious about that the, the primary heroes of that time were in fact trans women people of color yeah right wow that has been one moment and uh, like you said even though it wasn't that uh, a big of a moment but i think it was significant enough for for it to create a revolution for you guys right yeah 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 now that we're coming towards the end of this episode i would i would love for you to give out a message or an advice for my listeners out there whether they are in the lgbtq plus community or they are outsiders like what is it that you would yeah. like to tell them uh my message would primarily be is to be kind be conscious um try to treat other people the way you want to be treated with the same kind of respect um try to educate yourself if there's things that you don't understand try to lock out the very natural instinct which is fear and try to approach things with an open eye, with open eyes that's probably the most the thing that i would like to see more people to do is that fight the instinct that is fear of things that you do not understand or possess knowledge about and i think it will make people fuller and better human beings to do to act on this and yeah 
try to engage in the community, try to teach yourself, find sources, um, and do what you can to ensure that these rights and the progress continues with, for the community. Because if we lose those rights, you don't know in what aspect your, your life could be affected next. If there is, um, because of being oppressed and suppression is something that is that always finds its way into different kinds of societies and different kinds of groups. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just act with empathy, understanding, and try to educate yourself. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, contributing to the Happiness Project podcast. I, the discussion that we had today has been extremely fruitful, and I am so sure it's going to help so many people out there. So thank you for being a part of this journey. Thank you. Thank you for so much for having me.